Welcome to Living Above Self. I am Grace McLean, an experienced and certified financial advisor and retirement specialist who loves to share inspiring stories that impact people's lives. Each week on Living Above Self, you will hear insightful interviews, financial strategies, and the nuggets of wisdom to guide your week. This podcast is about you. It's for you. Welcome to Living Above Self. Today on Wise Talk, we want to introduce to you a social entrepreneur. He's a lead auditor, Mr. Logistics. He has expertise in project management. He's a critical thinker. He thinks outside the box. An outstanding personality who has tremendous experience in food safety and is a corporate executive in the food production industry. So this is a person we want to talk to today on Living Above Self, the indefatigable Joseph Small. Welcome to Wise Talk, our interview feature on Living Above Self. Thank you so much, Sister Grace. That (laughs) is a mouthful. That introduction far precedes me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your humility because you're tall in stature, but your achievements are just befitting of your stature. I am really very pleased to have you because I know that you embody living above self. We want you to explain the journey you have been on. We want to start with your career and your early beginnings to start there. Who is Joseph Small? Again, thank you very much. Well, Joseph Small is a humble youth that came up in the region of Bogwalk, born in the Linstead Hospital, as a matter of fact, and attended Crescent Basic School and then journeyed to Crescent All Aid School at the time and then passed the technical entrance exam and attended Dintil Technical High School, where I believe my journey truly started. While there were formative years in Crescent, but the journey of my career and development truly started at Intel Technical High School. I went there in 1985 in first year, and that was an interesting immersion, I would say, because at Intel, there were many uh, events that took place once you're in first year. Some people call it ragging, some people call it grubbing, but it was an orientation process, I would suppose, when you look back today at what occurred there. And we were placed as per our last name. So I was in 1D. And then based on performance, you go to second year in 2A, which would be considered a certain stream at the time. And then I chose to do agriculture. So I did. I went to three agri-tech, much to the dismay of my math teacher and my technical drawing teacher, who thought that I should have been in the engineering stream and Mm. thought I'd be wasting my time and wasting my life and wasting my ability to be in the agricultural field. I then moved on to four agri-tech and thereafter graduated. At the time, we did not have sixth form at that institution. So I journeyed into the world of work for one year and then went to the College of Agriculture at the time, no College of Agriculture Science and Education case. Did an Associates of Science degree in general agriculture there. And 
the journey continued. I graduated from college in 93, that was, and um, took up a job at the coffee industry board, becoming the second in command of a coffee factory all the way in Trout Hall at the time. I spent three days, three years there, and then moved on to join the Caribbean Broilers group of companies as a technical field serviceman, where I would manage a set of farms under their contract farming program. And there was a very interesting, I, I would say, immersion again. Because what you learned in college and what you did in college in agriculture, both the rearing of animals and the cultivation of plants were actually taken to another level in terms of the sophistication that is involved in growing broiler chickens in this instance where I was a technical um, field officer. I did that for about seven years and um, during which time I would have made numerous trips abroad, whether in Georgia or in Alabama or Virginia and so on, to look at the control houses, the climate control houses, and to use the technology to grow birds to a first world standard in this our third world environment. During my time as a technical field serviceman, there were numerous opportunities that caused the organization in its own adapting and changing based on the environment, caused me to assist at the feed mill, caused me to be involved with the chicken processing plant. And thereafter, I was promoted to be the plant coordinator, which was second in command of the chicken plant. I served there for about six and a half years and during that time, I got involved in a number of things there, including the company's sports and social committee that they had and club. I served as an ex-officio member for quite some time. And the journey again was interesting because of the career. During that time, I thought I needed to do some more formal training. And so after a couple of tries and being asked not to, at one point, I ended up applying to the University College of the Commonwealth Caribbean and then enrolling in their Executive Master of Business Administration and successfully completed that in 2009. And the journey continued in terms of my career. I switched from production, which was my main focus from um, Coffee Industry Board as a technical officer and at the chicken plant to get into quality and quality management. At the time, the organization really wanted to um, put a mark on itself around quality. And therefore, that journey of quality management became even more aggressive and speeded up during the time. So we entered the world of quality in a different way and during that sojourn to now, we have, won, we have won numerous quality awards with different companies in the group that is reflected on the board at the, in the, at the Bureau of Standard. They have a, a board or a wall of fame up there. 
And if you were to go there, you'd see a few companies mentioned. So that's it for the career path. During that time, a number of things, social programs occurred in the interim. And I suppose I will allow you to ask the other question so that I can explain. Okay, so you're referring to a CB group of companies? Yes, that's correct. Okay, great, great. And that company also has been doing tremendous work in, the, in, in terms of the social life of the, of the country. And um, so I believe it's a great company for, for, for you to be at, and you have been there for some time. How long have you been at the CB Group? Uh, for quite some time, Madam Grace. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know wish to say. Okay. It's a couple, but, it's a couple of decades. Been... Since 1996, actually, I've been there. Yes, 24 yes. years, seven months. Right. Quite a and, long time. And, and you consider yourself to be a social entrepreneur. I want you to explain that term to our listeners. Well, as I journeyed through my career path, I recognized that one has to find a way to assist the country and the world at large to change some of the cultural norms that might not have been going in the right direction. And Jamaica at this time needed even more than ever. So if I were to go back a little bit, in college, I was a mentor. And at the CB Group currently, I'm also a mentor. I'm also involved as one of those first 75 persons that were given the distinction of being a national mentor, going to King's House and getting that instrument of appointment by the Governor General, which was to me at the time a momentous occasion. So mentoring and coaching as a part of social entrepreneurship is one aspect that I have been focusing on over the years. And as I participate in these mentoring and coaching activities, I saw the need to get involved with other social clubs, for example, past students' associations, and so on, as well as to participate in board activities to allow the tools of social entrepreneurship to be used in a way to change lives even more so. If I were to pick a couple examples, I am the vice chair of the Crescent Basic School Board. And that's a basic school I attended. And I've been serving there for uh, about three years now. And we want to facilitate social programs to allow the school to facilitate the greater teaching and learning activity that should take place at the school. And as you know, we have to use cap in hand sometimes as we seek to fund various programs in schools. And, if I were and, to. Sorry, and, and, and what impressed me with that is how far back you have gone to, you know, the formative years, like basic school. Because how many of us remember even the name of our basic school? Or remember that, you know, we can also reach out to our basic school. We'll remember high schools, but... We don't remember the school we attended at age three or four. (laughs) 
you know, and that those schools may be around still and, and you, you can actually reach out and, and assist. So I must commend you for that because most times the focus is on the high school and, and at the tertiary level in terms of helping. And it is good to, to, to reach out to the schools at the level of the basic years, you know, before you actually start, you know, primary school or what we call a preparatory school. And so it, it is indeed very good that you have decided to assist and has gone back as far back as that. And also find the time to, to serve on the board of your high school and as well as on the board of the Past Students Association of Dintil. So you attended Dintil Technical High School. You serve on the board as, I'm not sure, what, what is your role on the board Right. Well, currently, I am the past student association representative on the school board. And while there, I have been appointed to serve as the chairman for the sports and wellness committee. Right. I, I want to reflect. I'm reflecting on something you said earlier. You mentioned that when you were at Dintel and it got to the time for you to specialize, uh, to specialize in, a, in an area of study that you dis- you, you chose agriculture. Yes. And there were two of your teachers who suggested or who thought you would have been wasting your time in agriculture and you should have gone to the engineering faculty. No, do you have any regrets about your Abs- decision? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, if I were to do that journey again to start over, I would not have changed anything. If I were to speak a little bit about agriculture, it's a double award subject at the secondary level. But as you go deep into agricultural science, you realize that it takes into account engineering, for example, agricultural engineering. I did that at the College of Agriculture as well. Right. So the engineering side still played a part. So you have to understand the tractor and how the power takeoff is used to generate effort that is used to plow the land or to generate other things on the farm, just as an example. So you do get a chance to use the engineering side that you would have developed at the school, even though you never specialized in engineering. Right, and and you have experience as an auditor, and so what I look, what I examine, and which many persons, and I'm glad you are, you are, you are elaborating ab- about agriculture here because agriculture also involves well from the high school level at least at Dintel, you'd have covered accounting as well. So it it is not just an art; it's a science, and it's also a business. It is very revealing. So our listeners know who put, you know, you do have some persons who put agriculture as they don't see it in a holistic way. And so what you are able to do today is to explain to us the dynamics of agriculture and the importance it plays in our, in our country and even globally. You know, food security is one of the most important thing that an, a country needs to do for its people. Look at the prices today 
how they are escalating because of inputs or various um, importation stuff that we have to have in this country, for example. And if we are unable to feed ourselves, then we are going to be in trouble. Someone is going to sell us something and the demand and supply is going to determine the cost and you are going to be at a disadvantage if you are not able to grow things for yourself. I have seen work that you have done in, in terms of the social entrepreneurship, in terms of the projects within the institution, and, and I speak specifically of Bintil, that has generated income and other projects that will be able to generate income for the school. Now, with all the major achievements that you have had on your journey so far, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure, if I were to call it that, and I really don't like that term. I like challenges. As an individual growing up, I would say that I would be of a more serious nature and I would allow myself to be less than emotionally intelligent as I ought to be back then. If I use a story to explain I was a track and field athlete, and I remember participating in an invitational event at the Bayerbrook Sports Club. I was an eye jumper as well. And there were three persons competing for the, the medals at the time. Myself, a young man from Calabar, and another one from Clarendon College, and I can remember his name because he was called the indomitable Ralston Reed. That's the name he was described as. And when the three of us were now competing for the specific medals, being who I was at the time, people in the community would heckle or jeer because they know that I don't like heckling and jeering. And I thought at the time that was a significant weakness for me because I was determined to do something to them or about them, even though I was on the field competing. I ended up with the bronze medal that day. And while I was receiving the medal, a light bulb went off in my head. I actually was defeated by about two and a half centimeters. That's about an inch. And a light bulb went off in my head. And what it said to me was, Joseph, it is not them who caused you not to probably win the gold medal, but it is your less than emotionally intelligent self that caused you to lose your cool and not to focus enough so that flow would take you over the bar. And that for me was a turning point. And I believe that was a low point at that time. And I think I've learned from it and I've been able to adjust my behavior, my attitude, my response to these types of things as I journeyed in my career as well as my social entrepreneurship. And it is why I am giving back in this way to students who might be a little bit on the vulnerable side and would need and help assistance through coaching or mentoring or both. And that is a story I'd like to tell you to make the point about what I considered a weakness then that I would have overcome now. And my next question that I, would, I, I want to ask 
what is the legacy you'd want to leave behind? I would want to be known as someone who was able to design, to implement, and to improve various programs that assisted persons far and wide to the extent that it can change a school, a community, Jamaica, and extend into the region at large. And I believe that I'm involved in a number of activities that are assisting me in fulfilling that particular legacy that I would like to leave behind. And I believe you are well on your way to doing that. You're well on your way, you know. Uh, there are so many hats that you wear and you, you find the time, you know, you make the time, you're able to manage it, your time wisely and get things done. And your people skills, your communication skills have put you in good stead to really make an impact. And what I want to find out from you is what is next for Joseph Small? Well, you know, Joseph Small in this part of his journey is looking forward to one, assisting my organization, the CB Group of Companies, to achieve its objectives, one of which is to make a difference that's one of the ethos of the organization. It also wants to challenge, collaborate, and change things as its essence. And I want to be a part of that. But in addition to that, I want to continue to assist, for example, the standards development programs through the Bureau of Standards, of which I am the vice chair for the National Food Standards Committee. And I want to assist that committee and the Bureau in implementing even greater and more significant standards in the food sector that will assist the Jamaican population and anyone else that consumes our food as a safe food, nutritious food that will assist in the personal development of each person from a food perspective. And thirdly, I want to continue the journey with the Past Students Association, which is a bunch of wonderful people for the Dintil Technical High School, as we revolutionize the school by making it into a premier polytechnic institution, as well as one that has taken agriculture from a tutorial perspective. And while we maintain tutorial perspective, we are going to make it into a commercially viable entity by partnering with many institutions that will allow crop rearing, crop cultivation rather, and animal rearing to be of a level that is beyond what it has been at the school and therefore having that impact. And at this point, Joseph, I really want to thank you for being our guest and living above self. I really believe that you embody that name, you know, living above self, because the many areas of, of the school life that you have touched, and it's not just a school life, even within your own organization, the organization that you work for, the CB Group, you know, you have made an impact. And nationally, you have made an impact and you continue
to make an impact. And, and so I am happy to have met you and I've worked with you and, and see the energy and the enthusiasm and how you, 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 you light up the room, you know, and, and get everybody going. And it's, it's really a tremendous asset that for one, for someone to have this big vision of helping and transforming lives and working with teams to get it done. And I really believe that all the skills that you have owned over the years have put you in a good stead to make that leap of transforming not, Jamaica, not just Jamaica, but the region and putting Jamaica on the map in terms of food safety, quality, what is it, quality assurance? That's the term? I would say quality management systems. Quality management systems, having the right quality management systems in place. And so, and, and even logistics, as I said when I started, I see you as Mr. Logistics, that, you know, because when it comes to logistics, you know, you are way up there in terms of logistics. I, I don't know where you actually own your skills in logistics, but I know that you are really, you are really top notch. In if, I, if I were to interject, yes. I was in fact the distribution warehouse manager for the CB group at one time. So I would ensure that the distribution of the meats took place across the country, out of their Arnold Road plant and warehouse and out of their Freetown distribution center, which is their premier distribution center. And I was actually the first manager to open that uh, several years back. So that's where I owned my skills in logistics. I also went to the Warehouse Education Research Council programs in the U.S., which is a logistics and supply organization. So yes, that might not have come out in the conversation previously, but I'm just sharing with you why and how I owned those skills. Yes, so you're really Mr. Logistics. You're very good. You have, you have done tremendously well. And I am really, as I said before, happy to have met you. I've learned a lot from you and I've observ observed you at work. I've observed you at play because you have a balance. You still find time to relax, even with a busy schedule, even with wearing so many hats. And I wish you all the best, all the best. I really believe that your footprints will be on the sands of time. Thanks again for being our guest on Living Above Self. Kickstart your day with the healthy choice of a flavorful cup of Organa Gourmet Coffee. Awaken your senses and enrich your day. Get your favorite flavor at gracemaclean.myorganagold.com Welcome. This is the Grow Your Money feature on your podcast, Living Above Self. Today, we focus on the importance of an emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund? An emergency fund refers to a financial safety net that protects against future unexpected expenses. It's often the case that an emergency fund is mistaken for the stashing away of funds 
for a rainy day. An emergency fund is necessary for any major unexpected expenses such as job loss, major illness, or any unexpected life event. A rainy day account is ideal for short crises and one-off expenses such as minor unexpected car or home repairs. An emergency fund, on the other hand, deals with unexpected emergencies over an extended period of time. Having an emergency fund is important for financial well-being during times of significant financial difficulty. Now, one important purpose of an emergency fund is debt avoidance. When an unexpected life event occurs, your emergency fund can provide the cushion needed to weather the financial storms. Instead of resorting to credit cards and high-interest unsecured loans to cover expenses, your emergency fund ensures that your financial health remains intact and you are not at risk of ballooning debts. Your emergency fund is also crucial if an unexpected opportunity arises. Without an emergency fund, it may be difficult to grasp the opportunity of a special deal that comes your way. With a well-resourced emergency fund in place, there is no need to disrupt long-term investments for current opportunities. It is therefore recommended that young adults start emergency funds in their 20s. This gives a head start in financial control and money management. The emergency fund helps to build assets and reduces the tendency to borrow. Let's look at the ongoing pandemic. COVID-19 is a stark reality of the importance of an emergency fund, especially for older adults who have been forced to go on early retirement due to job loss or salary cuts. As the population ages, seniors are more susceptible to health challenges which can prove very costly. How much money do you need to have in an emergency fund? It has long been recommended that you should have three to six months of living expenses in an emergency fund and this account should be reviewed and replenished periodically. COVID-19 has revealed that even three to six months living expenses may be woefully short if you are out of a job for a year or more. During the pandemic, many persons have depleted or significantly reduced their long-term investments in order to cover living expenses. With adequate emergency funds, one's long-term investments can remain invested for future goals, while any extended financial challenges in the short term can be addressed via savings from your emergency fund. Seniors or pre-retirees should look at having up to 12 months of living expenses for emergencies. Retirees should plan to have two to three years of living expenses in an emergency fund. Your emergency fund is your reserve account that is kept for long periods of economic drought 
or economic downturns. Funds saved for emergencies should be kept separately from your regular savings account and should be easily accessible. A high yielding investment account is best to grow your emergency funds. Investing in a money market account or low risk bonds will allow you to earn more on your investment than a typical savings account and will also provide the financial cushion that you need in times of crises. Inflation, wages and invisible war against the purchasing power of your money over time. That is why it is necessary to keep your emergency fund in a separate account from your regular savings. Emergency funds should not be invested in stocks or exchange traded funds, which are subject to market volatility and liquidity risks. If you do not have an emergency fund, now is a good time to start. Then set a goal as to how much you desire to have as emergency savings. Make regular monthly contributions to your account. It's the consistency that matters. Examine your spending habits and seek ways to increase earnings. Seniors and the pre-retirees, be aware that when you are in retirement, your money should not retire. Always have your money working for you. Thanks for listening to Grow Your Money on your podcast, Living Above Self. Welcome to Nuggets of Wisdom. Today, we share memorable service quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King. Yes, we start off with a question posed by Dr. Martin Luther King. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. Not everyone can be famous, but everyone can be great because greatness is determined by service. We are prone to judge success by the index of our salaries or the size of our automobiles rather than the quality of our service relationship to humanity. The surest way to be happy is to seek happiness for others. We must learn to live together as brothers or we will perish together as fools. Be the peace you wish to see in the world. Mankind must put an end to war or war will put an end to mankind. Property is intended to serve life and no matter how we surround it with rights and respect, it has no personal being. It is part of the earth man walks on. It is not man. When people are voiceless, they have temper tantrums, like a child who has not been paid attention to. And riots are massive temper tantrums from a neglected and voiceless people. If I cannot do great things, I can do small things in a great way. I never intend to adjust myself to economic conditions that will take necessities from the many to give luxuries to a few. I repeat this one. I never intend to adjust myself 
to economic conditions that will take necessities from the many to give luxuries to a few. My call to the ministry was not miraculous or supernatural something. On the contrary, it was an inner urge calling me to serve humanity. So said Martin Luther King, what a man, a man dedicated to service, dedicated to giving of himself to others. Living Above Self asks, what is your inner urge calling you to do? Let's make our lives meaningful and specific. Use the gifts we have been given to serve others and we will be served. Thanks for listening to Living Above Self. Thank you.